It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. we go off and running on this, the 20th day of February 2023. This is The Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all times in between, and the Great Globe Round. And wherein, if you should happen to wander in just at it precisely this very moment, you will be greeted by the early arrivers. That would be Anatole and Daryl in Houston. Hey, Daryl, welcome to the room. Irish Dave, Squeaky, Theo, all right there. And capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky. Sparky of the Well. After a month, the trucks are gone, Sparky says. Yay, hooray, congratulations, Sparky. And and, and cheers with crystal clear, ice-cold water of perhaps a thousand years ago, because wells are funny that way, aquifers are funny that way. Glad to hear it, Sparky, really glad to hear it. Uh, hi, I'm Robin. And by the way, thanks so much for spending your time uh, with our little community here. Thank you so very kindly indeed. Remember, please, uh, when you listen to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Podcast Republic or TuneIn or Stitcher or the, the Apple Podcasts, wherever you do, please like and subscribe and leave a comment for the algorithm to read because, you know, it just sits there spinning its little mind. It, it helps. It helps. And we want to build this community. I think it's fantastic uh, that, that folks are liking and subscribing. I never thought about it. I'm so antediluvian. But, no, please, like, subscribe, leave a comment. And, you know, above all, tell your friends and neighbors. And, by the way, <laughs> I'm on the air, aren't I? Yes, I am. Uh, I could have stayed much longer in Charleston today, but I wanted to make sure that I was on the air and was able to uh, 
get a program out this evening. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, you know. And this program is no different. And so we say thank you to our 20th, 19th, and 18th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you so very kindly to Armand and to Ralphs. Thank you. Thanks as well to uh, our pal Reverbo, the human man, still waiting on delivery of his helium-filled pants now that we're in the third decade of the 21st century. Thank you, Dr. John in New Mexico. Thank you, Vincent. Thanks so much to uh, Clayton. Thank you to Darlene in Connecticut. Uh, And thank you to Success Spirit Synergy. Thank you, Debbie, in New Jersey. Keep up the good programming. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you to Grace. Thank you to our dear friend in the South Pacific, far across the Pacific. Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you to Joy in Ann Arbor. Thank you all so very kindly. So, here's the deal. The fundraising goal is somewhere up north of $1,400. I forgot to send the actual number to uh, to Brother Deacon Asa last Friday. But it's somewhere north of $1,400. We actually got some of, and what that means is that's Friday. Uh, it, it's basically today, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, and part of Tuesday. Here's what that means. We have only a, few, a couple of days to knock that down. Or, and this is not a joke, um, the electricity which runs this program will go away. It will go away. Because i gotta, I got to pay a ridiculous coal-fried electricity bill. So, whatever we can do, everything that comes in and has been coming in is going toward that power bill. It's hateful. It's brutal. You know, it is what it is. Oh, and thank you. uh, Thank you uh, to uh, Michael. Thank you to uh, Michael very kindly for jumping in. And getting us started for the evening, and thank you for to uh, George and Corsgold for uh, stepping in. So uh, let's say we're let's say we are at fourteen hundred dollars now, because basically we raised a show's worth on Friday, and Friday we were at fourteen fifty-five, and it just happens that we've just knocked down fifty-five bucks. Thank you, thank you, George, and thank you, Michael. And thank you, Debbie, over the weekend. Thank you so much. Uh, Condolences going out um, to two different places. Our sincerest and most heartfelt condolences going out to our pal, Randy Radar, uh, who lost his dad, or I'm sorry, his mom, his mom over the weekend. Randy said, we should all be so lucky. Mom was approaching 90. Yeah, 
but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And that's a fact. And then out in Iowa, condolences go to our, our pal Zed, who sponsors a, a doubling challenge every month for new subscribers. Uh, Zed's dad passed away a little bit ago, and he was just telling me about it. And it's hard. It is so hard. And so, again, the dearest sympathies of the entire Horn family congregation community go to you both. All of our hearts. To Zed and to Randy. Um, So I did what I said I was going to do today. I got up at five. At this moment, at this particular moment in time, I'm broadcasting with tooth with 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 toothpick, toothpicks propping my eyelids open because I'm not used to getting up at five o'clock in the morning. But I got up at five, and uh, uh, by the way, yay for a fifteen dollar sale rack dress. Um, I wore it today. And got up, got ready. Takes a lot longer now. And drove to Charleston. And the first official Fairness for All West Virginians day was, I think, a rousing success. It was, in fact, inspiring. I'll post some pictures on social media later. But there were well over a hundred people. The rotunda of the West Virginia State Capitol on the ground floor was packed. And there were some inspiring speeches made. But probably the most inspiring part of it was the fact that a lot of them were teenagers. A lot of them were high school kids, young people, who get it, who got it, who understood that what these geezers in Charleston are doing is about them and about trying to disappear them. Again, I wish to reiterate that what we see in the current spasm of attacks on anyone who is not white, cisgender, and heterosexual, and Christian in places like West Virginia, and Texas, and Oklahoma, and Idaho, is the vanguard of fascism marching across our country. And I've got a story that goes with it, and it it also dovetails ever so nicely into Moran Monday, which this is. Because all of these issues are the same thing. The attack on women's rights that we saw in Dobbs versus Jackson women's health was an attack on human rights. The attack we see 
on gay uh, 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 gay guys and lesbians is an attack on human rights. The attack we see on bisexual people is an attack on human rights. The attack on trans people is an attack on human rights. And I find all of that, sometimes the, show, the program just, well, it builds itself, really. I had a note to begin the program from our dear friend Cynthia in the Bay Area. She wrote, President Jimmy Carter and his faith. News has been reporting that President Carter has entered hospice care at home and isn't long for this world. It will be a true sadness when he passes, but I do celebrate his life. He was a truly good man. Anyway, the local news here did a report last night on President Carter about his faith, as well as the work he did in the Bay Area some years ago, building low-income housing for Habitat for Humanity. Can you imagine Trump doing that? Oh, Cynthia. Not. (laughs) But Jimmy Carter would probably say his faith drove him to do that or in the language of the Baptist Church, called him to that. It was a burden on his heart to do that. And so it did occur to me that, like so many things, faith is something that can be used for good or for bad. Jimmy Carter used his faith to do good in the world to try to make things better. Evangelicals, on the other hand, use their faith for bad, for hate and destruction. I guess to bring about the end of the world so they can go to heaven or something. If there was a God, of course, the joke would be on them, and God would send them to burn in hell. Yes. And Jesus would pinch their little heads off and toss them down into hell for the little imps and demons to use for soccer balls. I added that part, Cynthia. Sorry, I didn't mean to walk on your email. So what I would suggest as an atheist is that what is really needed is not faith but empathy. Jimmy Carter was full of empathy, and whether he realized it or not is probably what really drove him. Regardless, the world will be a poorer place without him. He was a true follower of Jesus and understood the message, and I might add, faith is not required for that. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Thank you. I have long said that, and you know, it's so telling that the white wing in this country so vituperatively, vociferously, railed against Jimmy Carter. God, they hated him with the heat of a thousand suns. And it always felt like a bit of a tell to me. He thinks they doth protest too much. You know? And so... I wondered at it. I mean, God, all the years that I was running up and down the road, going hither and thither and yon on various sundry uh, jobs and meetings and whatnot, you know, through the 90s into the early aughts. And, of course, by then, long since, by then, radio was over the air. FCC censored radio was already a vast broadcast wasteland. And I often found myself on the road somewhere between the hours of noon and three, and it did not matter where you turned the dial. 
There he was. America's truth detector, my friends, Rush Limbaugh. With half my brain tied behind my back and talent on loan from God for the people in Rio Lindau. Oh, I mean, a handful of those pills. I like to chew them up with a refreshing burst of flavor. Call me back when you get the bone out of your nose. But one of his favorite topics to rail upon was the disastrous policies of Jimmy Carter, who almost destroyed this country had Ronald Reagan not saved us from him. His entire take on Jimmy Carter was nothing but poisonous mendacity. There wasn't a shred of truth in it. I think, looking back, part of the reason that the Republicans had to try to domnatio memoriae Jimmy Carter was because they knew... See, we kind of think stealing the presidency is a new thing. Don't tell the youngins. It's been going on for a while. Because the Republicans knew better than anybody else how much skullduggery had gone into the Reagan campaign's effort to defeat Jimmy Carter. And God, all that dirty business worked. Oh, it probably worked beyond their wildest imaginings. And they were working from a playbook. You know, this isn't paranoid conspiracy theory. This isn't Alex Jones. This is reality. Working from a playbook created by Richard M. Nixon. I am not a crook. Everyone around me is. Richard M. Nixon sabotaged peace negotiations between the United States and North Vietnam uh, in the late middle 60s. And LBJ knew it. He had hard evidence. But he said he couldn't do anything about it. And I guess he had his reasons. But imagine how much different this country might have been had he done so. Because that's the interesting thing about the long sweep of history. We can look at the not quite eight years of the Nixon administration and say, what good did he do? About the only thing I can find is that he created the Environmental Protection Agency, which was a matter of his signature on bills produced by the Congress. But he gets the credit. But he dummied up the 1968 presidential election. And that's how he beat Hubert Humphrey. Then, of course, we know about all the wicked criminality that went into Creep, the campaign to re-elect the president in 1972, and wound up with almost his entire... Did any member of his administration come away unscathed? Don't think so.
But that was the playbook that Ronald Reagan had before him in 1980. And I know some members of this community are younger than I, some are older. But I watched that I watched that election in 1980 with the fascination of the newly politically awake. I wasn't legal to vote yet. I would not turn 18 until 1981. But Reagan dummied up the election for nothing more than the acquisition of raw political power. And even in 1980, Reagan was already being driven by people other than Ronald Wilson Reagan, old 666 that he was. Because the country was beginning to turn around. Jimmy Carter, having been handed runaway inflation that began under Nixon and just continued to roll under Gerald Ford, I will never forget that stupid win button, the red, the red field with white letters across it, all caps, W-I-N, win, whip. My fellow Americans, it stands for whip inflation now, and I would like for every American to wear one of these buttons so we can, we can beat inflation. And Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, that good man was sandwiched between the right-wing incompetence of Gerald Ford and the already preceding senility and venality of an old B-movie actor who routinely got upstaged by a chimpanzee. And so over the years, I have said that... History will treat Jimmy Carter far, 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 far more kindly than it will deal with either Nixon or Ford or Reagan. And let's not forget Pappy Bush, who was kind of the bagman on all of the skullduggery that went down in 1980. History will be much kinder to Jimmy Carter. Because the entire theme of his presidency, and apparently the theme of his life, you know, because he ran around following Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life, was peace and human rights. It was what motivated him. It's what Miss Lillian taught him from the cradle up. And he's one of those people for whom it stuck. And his insistence on those principles 
cost him his presidency. If it is true, as the theoretical physicists say, that there are infinite alternate universes, maybe there's an alternate universe where Jimmy Carter defeats Ronald Reagan in 1980. where the solar panels don't get pulled off of the White House roof almost on the very day of Reagan's inauguration. An America where Reagan just fades into the sunset and makes occasional appearances on the early manifestations of cable news. He was an old hey, he was an old TV guy, Death Valley Days, brought to you by twenty mule team borax. Maybe he would have been an early host of CNN's Crossfire. Maybe a few years later a young journalist would say Tonight in the Crossfire. And whoever the guest was and opposing each other in the crossfire. Former presidential candidate Ronald Wilson Reagan. He'll be doing battle with... Oh, who was the early liberal on crossfire? I've forgotten now. But Carter will be a bright spot. Surrounded by a great deal of darkness and the regression of the American soul. The ramping up of the re-radicalization of the butt-hurt white wing at Neshoba County, Mississippi's fairgrounds. And the battle cry of states' rights, states' rights. That's what we're talking here, states' rights. Ketchup is a vegetable. Maybe. And that's what makes, you know, that's what makes time travel sci-fi shows so much fun. You know, that's the difference between Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2. Doc! I hope his passing. Uh, Tom Braden. Thank you, Scott in San Diego. Thank you, Tom Braden. In the crossfire, Ronald Reagan, former presidential candidate, squaring off against Tom Braden. You know, he still could have used some of the same shitty old lines. Well, there you go again. Yeah, did he use the... Well, you, you, there you go again. Okay, yeah. I guess that's going to be his signature line. Okay. And break in... 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Go tape! Yeah. But uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that valedictory, Cynthia. 
It was thought-provoking. I do love that line. They use their faith for bad, for hate and destruction, I guess, to bring about the end of the world so they can go to heaven or something. It's the or something that makes it art, Cynthia. There, perfect, Steve, cowbell. Carter's second term. Visualize no Jerry Falwell. I don't think he did. I don't think Jerry Falwell would have had much luck in a Carter second term. And the whip and, and, and the beginning of the weaponization of evangelical Christianity. Nope. The uh, the faith coordinator of the American Civil Liberties Union was in attendance today in Charleston in the rotunda. And she had she had some trenchant things to say. She said, if religious people try to make you hurt over who you are, that is not faith. That is bigotry. If religious people tell you that who you are is essentially wrong, that is bigotry, not faith. She did a great job. I got a picture of her. Like I said, I'll put that all up on social media. But all these things have a way of coalescing so that we see a larger picture. And we do not have to be where we are right now. We did not have to be who we, where we are right now, but we were let down. <laughs> you know, I'm either I'm either an ass end of the boomers or the uh, or, or the front end of Generation X. I prefer front end of Generation X myself. I played video games. Boomers don't play video games. Boomers designed video games, but they didn't play them. Anyway. We were, we, we were betrayed. The people who put Ronald Reagan in office betrayed America. The people who kept a good and decent man like Jimmy Carter from having a second term betrayed America. One of the things that really, really sold Ronald Reagan was the idea that he was going to be Tough on the Ruskies. That's what I'll, I'll be tough on the Ruskies. Sure, Ronnie. And of course, he took credit for the fall of the Soviet Union, even though the CIA had been advising American presidents since at least the late 60s, possibly early 70s, that the Soviet Union couldn't last. And that its demise was relatively imminent. Their people were immiserated. They couldn't feed themselves. They relied on 
How about that? Once upon a time, uh, kids, the United States used to grow a whole bunch of grain to the point that we had more than we could use. And so we sent it abroad. We sent it to hungry people. In burlap bags that said a gift from the people of the United States of America. You know, um, there was, uh, uh, President Biden made a surprise trip to Kiev today. It was apparently a humongous morale booster for the Ukrainians. And it took some courage to do. Man, that was a hell of an optic, wasn't it? The President of the United States striding fearlessly into Kiev while air raid sirens blared overhead I mean sorry let's see Nitwit Nero do that huh where are the sirens coming from I don't like sirens sirens are never good have you ever heard a good siren I've never heard a good siren why are there sirens And this being more in Monday, naturally there were more in conniptions to be had. Oh, and thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs uh, has put forward the Kitty Meme Challenge of $50. Here's the meme. Uh, <laughs> uh, photo on one side of a ferocious panther resting. On, a, on the bow of a tree, looking fearlessly at the camera. What I think I look like. Meanwhile, a little black kitten up in the tree, clinging to a branch, eyes wide open. What I actually look like. <laughs> oh, that's adorable, Ralphs. Thank you. Thank you. So the first $50 that comes in gets doubled, and that gets us down to $1,300. In our desperate rush to raise enough money, basically 900 and, well, it's a thousand bucks, to keep the power on here because, well, we heat with space heaters. I know. Bad environmental activist. Bad. Bad. But it's kind of that or freeze. Because the alternatives are just. And, and, you know, that's that's how the fossil fuel industry continues. The, the, the alternatives are economically non-viable. So we, do, so we do what we do to keep precious little youngins warm. And my granddaughter, you know, she's eight months old now, Junie. She blew right past bottles. She's into sippy cups now, and sippy cups have a handle on both sides. She is a delight to behold. She'll get that sippy cup up there and and hold it up with both hands. It's like, glug, 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 glug. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, she's such such a joy. And uh, had an absolutely magic Saturday. It was actually my daughter-in-law who found the $15 dress that I wore. 
and it was a perfect ensemble. So, hooray for her. But we, you, you get you get the sense that there's going to be a lot of Morans uh, to be found today. Hopefully, like I said, someone will step in and meet Ralph's challenge, uh, get us down to thirteen hundred bucks, and we'll keep hoping and praying that we get that stupid power bill paid and the program continues. It's hard, and energy prices are up all over the country. Is that is that part of the death yawp of the fossil fuel industry? Yeah, Pootie's got something to do with it. I'm, it's complicated. Oh, and some background, courtesy of Scott in San Diego, who is our uh, uh, Nixon criminality correspondent, about why and how LBJ let Nixon know he knew about his trying to thwart LBJ's Vietnam peace efforts in 68 from Politico when a candidate conspired with a foreign power to win an election might have been too much headline but it should probably read one of the times when a candidate conspired with a foreign power to win an election because it would happen again a mere 12 years later when Reagan, Bush, et al. conspired with the mullahs in Iran to make sure that Jimmy Carter did not get credit for the release of the hostages. If they can't play dirty, they can't win. And remember... There's an there's also credit for attempts. A big part of the shakedown, uh, the attempted shakedown by Nitwit Nero in Ukraine, was designed to try to burnish his image, I guess, among the maggots back here. And it remains the source to this day of Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, the Benghazi overtime. Why am I singing? It took decades to unravel Nixon's sabotage of Vietnam peace talks. Now the full story can be told. It's by John A. Farrell, author of Richard Nixon, The Life. It's a read. But, again... When a candidate conspired with a foreign power to win an election by John A. Farrell, August 6, 2017, it's at Politico. You can you can find it for later reading. Thank you, Scott. Dave in the Blind says humanitarian goodwill is the basis for soft power also known as moral authority. So most of the Nazis, your rank-and-file conservatives, all believe power must be hard and violent. They've got a hard-on hard on for Russia. 
They got a hard-on for hurting the poor. They got a hard-on for whatever they perceive someone's sex life is if they disagree with it. Uh, Their bigotry and callousness knows no ends. When the humanitarian trials begin, people like Carter and Biden will be exonerated and honored. Meanwhile, the Republicans will be saying we were on, people only following orders. Yeah, that's Dave in the blind. So yeah. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of morality out there today, and let's just start with the grossest part. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but well, that was fortuitous. Uh, let's begin with Laura Loomer. Remember Laura Loomer? No. Well, just as well. Uh, Laura Loomer, Laura Looney, is one of these toxic right-wing hate machines. She, If you look up Islamophobia in the dictionary, there's probably a picture of Laura Looney, Loomer, Loomer. And she's been hired here and there, but uh, somehow manages to keep getting sacked because she has almost no no even tiniest quantum of common decency. Well, with the announcement of Jimmy Carter going into hospice, and look, y'all, this is just Republicans, okay? This is who they are. She tweeted because she got her Twitter account from Elno Muskrat, you know, Napoleon Bonapartheid. I warn you, this is nauseating. This is disgusting. Former President Jimmy Carter has entered hospice care. He's lived a long life. He's lucky. He's got to live long enough to see a Democrat in the White House who was more destructive than he was. He should feel blessed. How dead do you have to be in your soul? Or spirit, or animating force, or whatever. Whatever... um, thing we're calling now uh, no Brendan this this show is brand new this is this is the February 20th show it started right on time and has proceeded a pace for low these 43 minutes and 58 seconds
But that was that was how the American right wing responded to what is the imminent passing of the longest lived former president of the United States of America. Stay classy, Laura Loomer. And then went so far as to say, don't get why people are so upset about what I said. It's a compliment. I said he's no longer the worst Democrat ever to hold office. (sighs) And, of course, when I saw the news of President Carter's decision to enter hospice, a thought passed my mind. I confess it. And that thought was... Huh. And yet, Richard B. Big Time Dick Cheney before he dicks you is still out there breathing away with the blood of a million Iraqi civilians on his hands and the heart of some decent human being beating in his chest. And more than that, Kissinger, Henry the K, Hank, still there, still living, still breathing. I guess we're never going to turn him over to maybe Chile or Argentina or any of a number of other countries. Laos and Cambodia come to mind. For a war crimes trial, can we at least promise each of uh, each every country who's who, who whom he uh, helped to plunge into bloodshed and dictatorship? Uh, can they have? Can we just draw and quarter Henry Kissinger and give a piece of him to Argentina and a piece of him to Chile and a piece of him to Laos and piece of him to Cambodia? The fact that that son of a bitch won the won the Nobel Peace Prize for negotiating with the Vietnamese after, again, after Nixon had torpedoed LBJ's efforts. Well, <laughs> I mean, that just beats, well, that beats cats fucking. It does. Still does. Hey, Tom and Sonny San Rafael, thank you, my friend. We are uh, $10 into the uh, Kitamim Challenge, courtesy of Ralph's. And Tom writes, in honor of Jimmy Carter, who got my very first presidential vote. That's re- That really is something to be proud of. Walter Mondale got my first one. Dukakis got my second, Clinton my third, Clinton my fourth, Al Gore got my fifth, John Kerry got my sixth, I'm sorry. 
Barack Obama got my seventh and eighth. Hillary Clinton got my ninth. How about that? Joe Biden was my tenth presidential vote. Hmm. I think the math works out there. Stand by, please. Kid's been calling all day. Go figure. Wrong number. And you know what? If the country had voted the way I voted, and the way Tom voted, and the way most of us voted in every uh, in every presidential election, this would be a far better country. Like I said, had Carter been reelected, the solar panels wouldn't have been pulled off of the of, of the White House roof, and we might have gotten further away. from the fossil fuel industry. And we might not have climate change breathing down the necks. Not so much of you and I, you and me, what am I doing? But of, you know, those wonderful kids that I saw in the rotunda of the state capital of of, of West Virginia today. And kids like them all over the country. Flavio with a note says, I was just going to mention Kissinger's still breathing. Wasn't he the inspiration for Dr. Strangelove? He absolutely was. And going back to a story from, because it's got some more in carryover, uh, courtesy of Charlie Pierce over at Esquire Politics. I had the story Friday of the two Morans, uh, the two Moran women in Idaho who introduced a bill to make it a crime to administer an mRNA vaccine, you know, the COVID vaccine. A crime. And in a uh, an insane hothouse like Idaho, huh? It may have a chance. But the funniest thing out of that is that one of those two Lulus actually represents a town where back in the 60s they built a high school. It's called Middleton, Idaho, I think. And that high school had to be built with sprinklers involved you know for safety in case of fire the sprinklers come on the fire goes out or at least that's the way it's supposed to work I remember the first time I saw the sprinklers I think it was in Kmart a little kid daddy what are those those are sprinklers sprinklers yeah in case the building catches fire the water comes on it comes down the fire yeah Made sense back then. That'd be the 1960s, about the time they were building that high school in Idaho. 
but you know, up there in Idaho, they're not they're 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 a little skittish of the federal government. That federal government's trying to limit our freedoms. I don't trust them. There's a reason people kept going till they got to Idaho, trying to get away from the big government. So they put the sprinklers in. God almighty. But they never hooked it up to any water. And they dodged a lot of, I guess they dodged bullets for a generation or more. But somewhere around 2007, the high school caught fire and burned to the ground. Because they didn't want big government moving in on them. They didn't want big government there breathing down their freedom-loving necks. Fluoride, Mandrake. Fluoride in the water that's going to go to the sprinklers in our kids' high school. Yeah. It's a thing. So with all these interwoven ideas, we suddenly find ourselves in the present. Where among, you know, and I hate, I, I, no, Ralph, they never hooked it up, the sprinklers up to the water. Because that would have been communism. Socialism. We're almost at the one year anniversary of Mother Russia. Invading Ukraine. Or Ukraine is weak. And I heard a clip of President Biden speaking there. And in his own inimitable way, somebody, some, mm, there is a Seinfeld fan somewhere in the president's speech writing team. Because in his remarks in Kiev, he said, Putin thought Ukraine was weak. And, of course, in that scene in Seinfeld, when Kramer says they're playing Risk on the subway, Ukraine is weak. And a Ukrainian comes across and says, Ukraine is not weak, and upends the board. They had to know that would have a Ukraine is weak. They had to know that would have a certain resonance with a... Probably a halfway decent contingent of the American people. But anyway, he went over there, took a, shades of Abraham Lincoln taking office. President Biden did not fly directly into Kiev on Air Force One.
and I got the idea they had to violate some Secret Service safety protocols along the way. Because when President Biden arrived in Kiev, it was in a white Toyota Land Cruiser. And the minute I saw that, because this was all happening very early, and I just happened to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I saw that white Toyota Land Cruiser, and I was like, where's the beast? Now, that's the nickname they give to the presidential SUV limousine. Instead, it was a white Toyota Land Cruiser, which I thought odd, and then I paid further attention and noted that well, in uh, in 1861, in order to take office, Abraham Lincoln had to sneak into Washington, D.C. And it was a seminal moment in American history as he was guarded by Pinkertons who would go on to an infamous future as bloody kneecappers and strike breakers. But in that moment, they were protecting the life of the, pres- the, the elected president of the United States, and he had to, he had to take a train from Baltimore into D.C. And stayed, I think, at the Willard Hotel until he, could, uh, he and uh, Mrs. Lincoln could take up residence in the White House. Well, it was a little like that today. Because President Biden landed in Poland and took a train from Poland to Kiev. Which is pretty brash for a guy that, you know, the maggots say is too incompetent to tie his own shoelaces. It was, to use an unfortunately gendered idea, pretty fucking ballsy. And he happened to bring with him, you know, half a billion dollars more in aid because the Ukrainians are blowing through ammunition faster than we can and and our allies can make it. And, you know, that's a good sign. They want to fight the invaders. I'm pro-peace. I'm so pro-peace. But not when not when you're the way. No. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to believe that uh, if, uh, if the United States had been invaded in 1965, Dr. King probably would have picked up a rifle. And all that St. Peter put up thy sword into his place for those that live by the sword shall die by the sword business would have to take a breather. So I say all of this as the backdrop to what, oh God, American Chief Moran, I I think we just have to give her the title now, Marginal Trailer Queen. 
ran off to Twitter, which is apparently unmoderated, and said, Today on our President's Day, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, chose... Well, at least you're acknowledging him as the President now, Marge. Chose Ukraine over America while forcing the American people to pay for Ukraine's government and war. I cannot express how much Americans hate Joe Biden. No, dipshit. You did express how much you hate Joe Biden. And then, of course, this woman, and I will, I, I will, I will call your attention to the way she dressed on the night of the State of the Union. Um, said of President Zelensky. Zelensky can't even wear a tie as he greets the President of the United States. He gladly takes our money in sweatshirts and t-shirts, but Biden is dressed up. So insulting. America last. Oh, and by the way, that's another thing. I was sitting here watching my filthy morning habit while I was getting ready to go. And there was a casual mention of, I forget who exactly, but so-and-so is an America first Republican. And it occurred to me, because my mind was fresh and sharp this morning, raring to go. I think it's journalistic malpractice. To use that phrase, America first, and not provide context? For instance, let's try it this way. Marjorie, Tra- uh, Marjorie Trader Green, who calls herself America first, said, blah, 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 it should be noted that America first is unvarnished, unwashed, untrammeled, absolutely unabashed fascism. At this point in time, the only way we protect ourselves against the fascism that is the America First movement is to call it fascism. And, you know, the the, the folks... now. Joe and Mika had the more, had the day off today. They don't like Mondays either, I guess. But I don't think you can... Uh, uh, if you don't want this country to become fascist, you've got to point out what America first means. And you've got to tie it together with American Christian nationalism which is also fascism, which is also up to its bushy little eyebrows. In right-wing autocracy. It really is. It's journalistic malpractice not to call fascism fascism when fascism is, is, is a part of the story you're telling. And they do on that show say fascism now. Probably more in the last two years than they've ever said it before. 
Zelensky can't even wear a tie. I wonder if Marginal Trailer Queen knows that the necktie in men's apparel is, as I was told by a costuming professor way, 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 way back long ago, the last vestige of the Elizabethan codpiece. Because it is. Why do you think Nitwit, Nitwit Nero wears his ties so much, you know... It, The fashion, once upon a time, like in the 30s, you know, you can see pictures of like Huey Long. And he's wearing a necktie that reaches just down like halfway down his abdomen and his pants are hauled up halfway to his nipples. I know. Image. Sorry. I guess, well, that's dinner in the central standard time zone now. But... Standard decorum now is that a, a properly tied necktie, the end of it touches the top of the belt buckle. Nitwit Nero wore them a lot longer than that for reasons I would submit to you of latent senses of inadequacy. Remember, remember what Stormy Daniels said? Like a mushroom? Yeah. And of course, marginal trailer queen was mad at uh, at uh, President Biden. He went to Ukraine, a non-NATO nation whose leader is an actor and is apparently now commanding our United States military to world war. We must impeach this America last fool before it's too late. Oh, honey. You need to spend some time with Mr. Clemens. It is better to be silent and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. It's almost as though she doesn't know anything about history. Or maybe she does know something about history and she kind of feels like the wrong side won in 1945. This America last fool is another way of saying that he is uh, non-fascist. Remember, she stood on stage with a real live, no kidding, self-avowed fascist. Remember Nick Fuentes? The guy that says it's gay to have sex with, it's gay for a guy to have sex with women. I mean, I only report it. I don't make it up. Well, bless her heart, she wasn't done. Marge. And neither were another, a, a member of other 
maggots. Marginal Trailer Queen was not the only one who teed off on President Biden. Scott Perry, another uh, January 6th, or another maggot who was deep up to his up to his eyebrows in um, the terrorist attack of January 6th. said, breathtaking that President Biden can show up in Ukraine to ensure their border is secure, but can't do the same for America. You dipshit. The whole reason we're supporting Ukraine is because their border is not secure. It's got Russians all over it. Uh... The forehead that walks on two legs, Matt Gates, said, On President's Day, I'm not surprised that Biden is ditching America for Ukraine. And then because he thinks he's presidential timber, there's Ron Monkey up DeClantis. Biden's neglecting American problems to show support for Ukraine. He's not done anything to secure our own borders here at home. Ron, I know you got a Harvard education, hon. But your state borders Georgia and Alabama. Are you going to build a wall? It's Georgia, Alabama, the Gulf of Mexico, the Caribbean, and the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, then there's there's Nitwit Nero himself. Oh, God, the stupid. It hurts us. us. President's Day is a day to pay tribute to the many presidents who made America the greatest and freest nation on God's green earth. This is accompanied by a photo of him standing at Mount Rushmore. And you can see the, the, the sculpted heads of the president's there uh, in Mount Rushmore and the space to the immediate left, his left of uh, Lincoln Nitwit Nero standing there in color grinning smirking well we've had many presidents over the years only a select few great ones have risen to the occasion to overcome the unique challenges of their time and leave behind a lasting legacy This is the thing he put out on President's Day, which, by the way, is actually just Washington's birthday. We had one of the greats four years ago. Now you have the chance to re-elect him. You wouldn't pass on the chance to elect George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, and now America cannot pass on the chance to re-elect President Trump in 2024. Because now I'm down to talking about myself in the third person, like the Queen of fucking England. Oh, sorry, King. Our founding fathers envisioned a nation where we the people would be sovereign. 
in 2024, our country has a choice to make. Do we, the people, reclaim the vision outlined by our founding fathers and preserved through great presidents like Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt? You know, there's an argument to be made that Teddy had no business on Mount Rushmore, but who am I? I mean, if we're going to add a face to Mount Rushmore, let's make it FDR, shall we? God, that would make maggot heads explode. Or will we surrender our country to foreign nations, illegal aliens, and powerful global lobbyists? President Trump is 100% confident that America will make the right choice and set our nation back on his path of greatness. We will make our borders secure again. We will make our economy strong again. We'll make our cities safe again. We'll make our world peaceful again. We will make our citizens proud again. And we'll kill all the trans people. I added that one because he actually said that. Now let's re-elect one of the great presidents of our nation's history and save America. I'm going to say this. I am. We know what Nitwit Nero's family history is. And we know how it is with him and the four Big Macs for lunch thing that he does. I mean, I joke about me snorting metformin off a mirror. That dude's got to be popping them like M&M's. I'm looking for... No, careful, Robin. Let's just say that somewhere in the future, maybe there will be an announcement that another former president has entered hospice care. God, I feel sorry for anybody who's administering that. They'll have to hide the ketchup from him. The walls, once it, he's already half demented. The walls will run with, with, the walls will run with Heinz. He's a cheap bastard. Maybe it'll be, you know, store brand, you know, Publix brand, Fausto's perhaps. Now I'm, now I'm thinking about Florida. Ron Monkey up DeClantis put a finger in, in, in Nitwit Nero's eyes. Uh, I, today, uh, he held a fundraiser in the very shadow of Magaloco. And, and and this just reminded I heard this is this is just a this is kind of wild. You can go and check it out. Check out. Check out the call with Scary Jerry last week, and then go find a clip of Prince talking. I think we've got a new conspiracy theory. I think Scary Jerry, uh, 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 Prince may have just gone into hiding. Because Scary Jerry in last week's call sounds so eerily similar to a clip I heard of Prince... I mean, I did a double take. Would what? That's just one of those little things that happens among the synapses from time to time. 
But we're not done with Marginal Trailer Queen. I can't wait until the day when we are. Today, on President's Day, she marked President's Day by trashing the President of the United States. But she also marked President's Day by suggesting that the work of ever so many past presidents to hold this country together, Washington being one of them, as odious and genocidal as he was, Jackson being another, having threatened to get on his horse in Washington, D.C. and ride to South Carolina and start hanging secessionists until there weren't any more secessionists to hang. Remember, secessionists... And that was, what, the late 1820s, early 1830s? They weren't even, they weren't even talking secession in South Carolina about, uh, about uh, enslavement. They were talking about secession over other issues. Nullification! Well, today... No, Marginal Trailer Queen resurrected one of her greatest hits. It's a reboot. It's a remix. She said, and I quote, We need a national divorce. She... Maybe she's got divorce on the mind. Seeing how her husband bailed on her. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. And by everyone I talk to, she means Matt Gates, Scott Perry, Andy Biggs. Sometimes she talks to Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, but, you know, those two, those, two, those two women are not sitting together at the mean girls table anymore. Because Lauren keeps trying to make fetch happen. Everyone I talk to says this. This also includes, includes the uh, shrieking spirochetes that uh, flit and, 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 and shriek around in the thin gray settlings between her ears that pass for brains. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies, we are done. Now, tweeting, I don't think, is covered by the speech and debate clause of the Constitution of the United States. It certainly isn't something that would have been within the contemplation of the framers of the Constitution, you know, uh, in case any originalist judges happen to be listening. It actually really has the whiff of treason about it. I mean, this is this is what this is this was one of the animating factors 
of the terrorist attack of January 6, 2021. I love my buddy Rick Smith because he actually responded to this tweet from Marginal Trailer Queen. Rick, uh, who, by the way, you can hear every night at 9 p.m. online, still one of the best progressive voices in the country, the, the best labor voice in the country. Uh, replied to her tweet and said, what's being shoved down your throat? Is that something from your divorce papers? Amazing how Christian conservatives preach, accuse, and point fingers at others, and yet never look in the mirror? Rick, buddy, if you were marginal trailer queen, wouldn't there be sheets on every mirror in your house? Good God. I mean, I thought we took care of this whole red, blue, secession stuff 158 years ago. In fact, it's not a matter of I thought. I know we did. We got laws on the books about this. She shouldn't have been able to even run for re-election. Because of the clause about supporting insurrection that's tucked away in the 14th Amendment thereof. I, I know it's too much to expect her to flesh thoughts out. Usually she only associates the word flesh with, you know, the gym. Never mind, it's catty. But really, how, how would that play? Georgia is a net taker in terms of tax dollars. So is Alabama. So is Mississippi. And some other people jumped in and said, aren't you already getting a divorce? Ooh, that had to sting. But of course, she never reads this stuff. She just tweets and moves on. But how would that work? I'm, I mean, maybe it's time for somebody in a blue state, otherwise known as a civilized state, to di directly address her and say, honey, if you get the divorce you want, the blue states are not going to pay child support, you know, for you. 
All the military bases get shut down. None of the contracting dollars cross the Mason-Dixie line. No more SNAP, no more EBT. Okay, she'd be okay with that. Because, you know, starve! I'm sure she's a big fan of Pastor Hagee. It would be a mess. And I guess it would mean West Virginia how ironic would that be? West Virginia might be part of the part of the Confederacy, but Virginia might be part of the United States. And by the way, they don't get to keep that name either. We own that. Our constitution. But I can say <laughs> I never thought that in any portion of my adult life, based upon the things they taught me as a kid, I never thought that that, that we would be debating secession. We should not be debating secession. The mere mention of secession should be disqualification from office. Maybe they, you know, maybe maybe the framers of the Fourteenth Amendment dropped the ball on that one. I'm just terribly curious because one of the trending one of the trending uh, hashtags today was. Mar-a-Lardo. Based apparently on a tweet from Trader Tot, you know, Junior. Breaking news, Trump will visit East Palestine, Ohio next week. If our leaders are too afraid to actually lead, real leaders will step up and fill the void. Oh, great. Just what they need. Maybe he'll bring, t- maybe, maybe he'll bring paper towels. When we had Trump, he vacationed at Mar-a-Lardo and golfed every weekend in New Jersey. He didn't take response. So that explains why Mar-a-Lardo. That was based on a tweet from Kali Maganini, who said, Imagine if we had President Trump. He did not hide from questions. Again, if there really was a great big bearded juvenile delinquent in the sky, she'd be a greasy spot. He did not vacation in Delaware as the world crumbled. He did lead, and the world was safer for it. Oh, you idiot. Actually, that line comes from the first Men in Black movie, and it was uttered by um, Vincent D'Onofrio, and it's more like, Oh, you idiot! I don't need the clip for that. I got that one down. Where is it? A national divorce. Well, at least Liz Cheney was having none of it. 
who, well, clapped back the clapper at Marge. Let's review some of the governing principles of, of America, Marge. Our country is governed by the Constitution. You swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution. Secession is unconstitutional. No member of Congress should advocate secession, Marjorie. No word yet on whether Marge uh, had a reply for that. It's just kind of the tip of the iceberg this evening. Um, I haven't looked at the email for a little bit. Uh, Kevin in Colorado Springs says, I just tried to contribute, but I tried clicking on the contribute button several times and nothing would happen. Then tried clicking on the make your payments with PayPal button, and again, nothing would happen. <sighs> I hope it's I hope it's working. I hope that's... We don't need that problem right now. By the way, just because I'm trying to get much better at this, um, when you listen to the podcast, wherever you listen to it, please like and subscribe and comment. And then tell your friends and neighbors, tweet about it. Hell, go over and truth social about it. Why not? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Telegram. You know, maybe not the Telegram and maybe not the truth social. I don't need the grief. But seriously... We're seeing some new folks in the community, and it's wonderful. And I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad y'all are here. Thank you. So like and subscribe and comment. That's two, Brother Deacon. Getting better at this. Uh, let's, run, let's run over and uh, check in on the Skype line. I think I, I, I probably conjured Scott way, 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 way earlier. And by the way, the stress line is open. The phone is fully charged. It's actually turned on. I've done all the right things by it. And if you'd like to get in via the stress line, that's 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. Okay? Easy, easy, easy. And um, by, by the way, to uh, hello to a couple of new friends uh, that I actually ran into in the Capitol today who said, started listening to the show. It's amazing. E, what a high honor! Thank you so much, Scott. I I, oh, I, I, I hear you. I'm I, sorry. No, you're fine. I hear your microphone scraping. I, I knew you were there. Oh, I'm sorry. You're I okay. Was, uh, I was getting set up. I'm I'm terribly sorry, Robin. It's quite all right, Scott. Ha- Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. Yeah. Isn't that a wild coincidence that both Abraham Lincoln and George Washington were both born on holidays? You know what you know what is an amazing coincidence? This also is the day uh it's the day that, that George Washington was born, but it's also the day that Frederick Douglass passed away. Hmm. God damn, what's going on out there? There's a heli- helicopter flying over the place. So what did I say? I, well, I, 
<laughs> don't want him starting in this room. Ah, at least ball. it's not the guy with the leaf blower. Oh, yeah. Well, he that's usually Wednesdays. But, uh, no, that's Wednesday is leaf blowing day here at Shea Guru. Uh, the, the main Come on reason, down. We got balloons for the kids. <laughs> and pony rides. The main reason I called, well, two main reasons. The first main reason is I'm taking a little break from my uh, – ongoing sorting, pitching, cleaning thing in anticipation of the big uh, inspection in about a week. But uh, the other thing was I wanted to give you and the Horn family a TV viewing tip. And I have yes. a feeling this is going to be good. On PBS tonight, American Experience. Um, wait a minute. Shit, I had it. And now wait a minute. You know how you're, you're – uh, thing your uh, laptop goes into snooze mode, and on mine anyway, it's got that damn screensaver, which I have no problem with the screensaver, but it uh, you got to punch in the code, and it's it's just more trouble than it's worth. Where the hell is it? Damn it! Oh, there it is. Okay, American Experience PBS tonight. There's a, a one-hour program called Ruthless. Now that's just the first word because it's followed by a colon. Uh, what, no, a what world without Ruth. No, 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 no. I wonder where Ruth is. No, American Experience, the uh, show title is Ruthless, Monopoly's Secret History. Are you a fan of the board game Monopoly? Oh, the hours I have spent. Oh, you and, you and me both. That, you know and, that and Risk. I was never a Risk. What was that other one that I liked? Clue. The one where you try to figure out. Oh, of out course, who, Clue. Who killed, uh, it was usually Colonel Mustard with the pipe wrench in the, uh, uh, library or some, somewhere. Only if somebody I, was rigging the game. I mean, it could have been, could have been Miss Plum or yeah. Mr. Green. You know, there was, there was a time, I don't know how old. The, and the, the and board the victim's, game. and the victim's name was? I, I have spaced it all. I remember. Mr. Body. Mr. Body. Mr. Body. <laughs> That'll never be my nickname. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really. Um, I went into the uh, the. Uh, th this was part of my short li short lived uh, short lived uh, New Year's resolution. I went into the health club because they were offering a, a one month free trial or uh, one month trial for ten bucks or whatever. <laughs> and the lady looked me up and down. And almost dropped the clipboard because she was pretty direct about it, uh, filling it out and all. She said, look, we do repairs, not reclamations. So I uh, turned on my heel, let it run for a while, and then walked out. Yeah, this is, this is, this is a gym, not a, not a, uh, not, <laughs> this is a gym, not lured. Yeah. Lourdes. Lourdes. Yeah, well, no, I don't even want to go there. But anyway, this uh, program looks like it's going to be interesting. Uh, about the uh, origins of Monopoly. And apparently, there was a lot of controversy surrounding that game. You know, it's based on um, the street layout in Atlantic City, New Jersey. You, you did know that, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, there, were there was apparently years ago, years before that, there was a version of the game which was called something else. But then when... Uh, the guy who brought it to Parker Brothers, who eventually took control of it, and now it's run by Hasbro, 
apparently the guy who brought it to Parker Brothers got sued all over the place because somebody back in the late 1800s had come up with something that was so similar that he cried foul and said, you know, you're stealing my thing. There was some, there was some religious connotation as well in the original version of the game, as I recall. And it's really a fascinating thing. I know it's all literally fun and games, but sometimes we need this just to cleanse our palates. And God knows, after the uh, filibuster, filibuster, my palate needs cleansing. Sorry, I need Ipecac. Why do you even quote these morons? I mean, it's it's like we, we you already know that they're going to say just irretrievably stupid shit. My head is already filled with, and I don't mean visions of sugar plums here dancing in my head. They're, they're doing the La Bamba. But anyway, I just don't, uh, I, I, I want to embargo anything that Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say or Lauren. I wish, we could, I wish we could retire her, but the fact of the matter is. Um, dumb people vote. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I mean, you kind of. You're your own distillery there, Scott. I certainly are. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Dumb people do vote. Yes, they do. And more so than that, you any any civil society ignores any manifestation of fascism at its peril. Oh yes. I, mean, I know it's. I know it's. Uh, uh, it's, you know, some 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 people. Oh, hey, socks. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Meow. <laughs> and that's chasing him now. Meow, 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 meow. Okay, um, socks is socks is stepping into his condo. <laughs> socks has been escorted from the. But studio. no, what I. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like chasing down the streaker on Monday Night Football. Oh, yes. Uh, but what I was saying, yeah, I know, like, some of the religious insanity stories get annoying. And I remember years and years and years ago uh, being asked, why do you treat these people as if they're serious? Well, Scott, you know what? That was before 2016. That's yeah, why yeah. I treated them seriously. Yeah. They have no and morals. I, they have no ethics. Uh, they have no sense. The, 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 the parts of the Bible that are supposed to matter don't, and they just use it as a BDSM manual as far as I can tell. And they, I, I, are, I a, the, and they are a manifestation of American fascism. Yeah. Even other Christian and other faith leaders are saying, <laughs> you know, this Christian nationalism is really fascist. And I know, oh, by the way, I noticed this morning on my filthy morning habit, uh, Jesus, he gets it. Jesus, he gets us. Say it, Scott. Say it. Jesus. 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 Look at the time. Uh, <laughs> but now they're running on Morning Joe. So they're buying ads on MSNBC. To make the liberals think that there's some organization out there that's all squishy and decent, you know, decent little Christians. Well, they are squishy. But you're never going to see one of those 
Jesus gets the queers ahead. I'm sorry, no, you're not. No. And 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 why don't they start doing what Jesus said to do? You mean feed the hungry, clothe the naked, house the homeless, and visit the immiserated in prison? Well, in other words, and, and he didn't say it in these exact words, but basically the message and the example, even more important than the verbal message, the example of the good Lord was, don't be good so Good Lord. Heavy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> don't be so... Meow. Meow. Uh-huh. <laughs> And now tonight's headlines. Okay, I'll mute. You talk. And now tonight's headlines interpreted for the feline among us. But the the saying that Jesus never said, but probably should have, or if he did say it, it wasn't in these exact words. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I think everybody, whether they're a true believer, a moderate believer, or any type, or a a non-believer can get on board with the with the notion of doing some good while we're here. Except for the fools that we've been talking about on more on that, you know, know that idea actually has always resonated with me. Being, uh, stop being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. No make do something decent in with your life. Yeah. Yeah, in the time that we're given, and I can't swear to uh, the fact that you can come back as somebody else in some future incarnation, I'm going with the notion that I'll get one shot at this, and come what may, I've got to do the best that I can do. Yeah, was it uh, Schlitz? You only go once, you only go around once in life, and that's why you've got to do it with gusto. Yes, grab all the gusto with Schlitz. I thought gusto was an ingredient in beer for years and years and years. Yes, then again, really I, yeah, yes, I think, <laughs> you know, water, mart, malt, hops, barley, gusto. <laughs> now, is this domestic gusto or is this imported from elsewhere? I, yeah, grab. Well, that was, uh, I remember that campaign came out about 62 or 3. But no, the, I mean, I went with that idea because if. <laughs> There, there ain't no dress rehearsal. This ain't dress rehearsal. But, but the, this the, is the show. The sad thing about it, and the telling thing about it, is these people are. Uh, did I just these people? That's okay. You can you can these people those people. Okay, but but they they spend all of their energies, efforts, and resources on the most unproductive stuff. And I know it pays the big bucks. That check is off. I was going to say, I'm not so sure how unproductive it is. Well, it, well, if if it were, it need, it, well, it needs to be productive in the sense that we should behave in a manner consistent with, in some amount of time, diminishing it to the point of irrelevance on our side here. I mean, we'll never make them go away. Like Jesus said, the poor you shall have, have with you always. Well, the irretrievably stupid. The, the, well, that's the, the argument I used to make, Scott. He didn't say poor how. We assume he means pecuniarily poor. But there, you know. But at, at, at another point in time, he says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." 
Now, the poor in spirit, he had some decent things to say about. But the poor you have always with you, uh, the, 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 the poor stupid people, the poor idiots. I think if you go back to the original Aramaic, it works out to dumb fucks. Right. The fuckwits you have always with you. <laughs> sure. Is that my first fuck, uh, F-bomb this evening? If it is, know. if it is, it may be a modern record, an hour and 44 minutes and 30 seconds. Now that you mentioned it, that may be the first one in human English, but I think Socks was calling one of us something <laughs> for a while. I, don't, I didn't catch it. I'm not, I need to brush up. A oh, Annette opened the studio door while the mic was <laughs> muted, and he shot in like a rocket. It's wet oh, they, out there. I'm a cat. <laughs> I know I've got a job here, but give me a break. I love kitties. I need to get me. Oh, I pulled in. I pulled in the driveway from Charleston, and he he ran he ran right up and put his muddy little paws right on my uh, on my trench coat, and I was like, "You cutie, you." Yeah, thanks, socks. Appreciate it. Your trench coat. Yes. Is it is it like one of those that? uh, It's a trench coat. Like an old-fashioned reporter's... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 like the one Ilza Lund wears at, at the end of Casablanca. Oh, you need a you need a fedora. I need... Yes, I do, but, you know, suspicious, think. suspiciously large woman has suspiciously large head. Well, no, no. I mean, if they can fit my head, they can sure as hell fit your head. Some years ago, I had a fedora that I ordered direct from the... What is the manufacturer of the cowboy hats? The big, big time. Oh, Stetson. The Stetson factory in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. Go online and deal with their main office because the prices. I'll do that as soon as we get the power bill paid. Oh, I yeah, I don't mean right away. (laughs) Don't stop what you're doing now and go do it. I mean, I yeah, Stetson. I believe it's St. Joseph, Missouri. But I had the nicest Stetson. Oh, I had one, too, once. My father and I had them that matched. It was called the Open Road. The Open Road. Hmm, I like it was that. kind of a buff color. It had a, it, it, it had double it, it had uh, double peaks, and, yeah, it was nice. Did it have a little feather in the band? It had a leather band, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a little feather. Yeah. I didn't like the feather. I, it, it, it just detracted from the overall feel. It was feel too sporty. I, well, no, I don't think Humphrey Bogart ever wore a fedora that had a, a feather in it. It was CGI'd out. Oh, okay. But anyway, get, uh, uh, we're, I'm so far afield. You see, you've got to get a little bell and ring it when I when I start doing that. Well, I got to I got I got to draw back least. in. I got to draw back in just for a minute because you know we're more than more than halfway through the program, and um, so we are ten dollars toward uh, Ralph's Kid a Meme Challenge, and Matt jumped out there and said, "Electricity ain't free." Challenge hundred bucks on the table. If Matt, I'll throw in another hundred. That's huge. Come on, people, let's not allow the horn to go silent. It's there's, there's a real risk, and I mean I'm kind of sick with worry. Um, but thank you, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. So that's a that's a doubling. That's not a doubling challenge. That's a tripling challenge. And those are huge. That would, if if Ralph's challenge is met and Matt's challenge is met, we would get down to nine hundred bucks to go. And that would be profound. 
I know it seems like so much, but, you know, we're at 1,300, so that's four days programs and one-third of another. So that's a third of Tuesday, then all of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and today. So that's where we are. I'm, do you know, uh, the reason I paused there, it wasn't for dramatic effect or anything, but on my TV, I bring the program in through the, uh, the um, Apple Music thing that I have on my TV, okay? And I click the horn icon and I listen to the show that way because it, everything that goes out of the TV also goes through the wireless headphones, so which is why I fire up the TV. But after a while, the uh, Apple TV thing will put a screensaver, and they just put a screensaver on that looked like the plume of black smoke over that train derailment. I don't know whether they're trying to tell me something, or now they're an overhead view of a contour plowed farmland out somewhere. And I don't know why I'm looking at it. I should be talking to you. <laughs> but it's, it's mesmerizing. Do you ever get caught up in a screensaver? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, and it's, look, yeah, I don't know that. I, well, I think Apple does, too. But I know Microsoft knows that we're all just, you know, cats staring at a fishbowl. Because, you know, every time I restart, I get this amazing photograph of somewhere on planet Earth that I'll never see. But it's but I sit there and go, damn, where is that? Happens. And now it, I can't tell whether this is a, a an over now they've got it it's either an overhead view of trees or a pile of freshly plucked bud on and I don't mean the beer. Welcome the to other. Screensaver Talk with Robin and Scott. <laughs> All right, I I should turn it off or avert my eyes. But anyway, I, the main thing, thing I wanted to talk uh, mention was the uh, American experience tonight on PBS. Ruthless. Monopoly. Ruthless. Uh, the ruthless, ruthless history of Monopoly. It looks fascinating. But uh, in, in real world news, I, I'm so sad about uh, Jimmy Carter. And I know that, at, what is he, like 98? He's 98. If you say cut down on your prime, I'm going to reach through the Internet and strangle no, you. No, 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 I wasn't going to say that. I, I, he's had some health challenges, and, and age Dude, is Dude, beat brain challenge. cancer, please. Well, I know, but nothing is forever, okay? As, as, uh, you know, and really, what is that uh, saying, only the good die young? Well, I think 98 is an awfully good run, and in many ways he was an, is an awfully good man. In terms, you talk about the example of Jesus. If you're going to be a Christian, well, I mean, housing people, actually getting there. I met, Rosalind, on, I met Rosalind a couple of times. Is, is she, see, I always, he always struck me as more sweet than Rosalind was. No, she was no. She she was she was the epitome of 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 the real version of a lady. Not well, that's, it was that's it was not artifice. She was that graceful. Uh, I met her once at a I met her once at a at a party, and I met her another time, just by happenstance, 
I was buying. Oh my! I'm so old. Uh, I was buying a, a a crate of blank cassettes, and I oh, was. Dear. Oh, I was such a cassette <laughs> snob. I was in Turtles tapes and records, and I think probably Lenox Square Mall in Atlanta. Turtles, like the thing with the shell. Yes, turtles. Huh. Oh, they were big. You know, back when places where you bought music were big. Well, what did you? But pay she for? walked. She walked up to me and said, "Mr. Robin, how are you?" And that, you know, that's a mark. That's a thing. How do, how, because how she you... had she had remembered me from the party where I met her. Ah, okay. And I think it might be because I made such a to do over her plains cheese ring. Her what? <laughs> no, no, I, you faded out there. I, I'm not being cute. Her plains cheese ring. Oh, we've entered food porn. I think you've mentioned. I have ring. mentioned that it is the most delicious little hors d'oeuvre kind of, you know, snack on, you know, self serve snack on it thing. It's wonderful. Is uh, the way you lay it out? Is there like a cheese bowl in the center of it? Like no, no, no. Uh, actually, you use a um, you use like a fluted bunt pan. I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, you are you you are a culinary illiterate, Scott. Uh, That's yeah. the, like a bunt cake pan. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, and you you kind of oil it, and then in a bowl you mix up like three different kinds of cheddar cheddar cheese, finely shredded, uh, with some crushed pecans and minced onion and mayonnaise and cayenne pepper. Mm, mm, mm. And you work it all together and then you pat it nicely into the bunt pan and you put it in the fridge and you put up you put your you put your plastic wrap on it so that it won't get gross, you know, you want to create an anaerobic environment. No, you don't want a cheese skin on top of right. it. Right. Put it on the table. Cheese the skin. Guests. Well, you know, there went well, we're very close to fucking up billable Rick's late snack out there. Uh, but so you and you put it and you let it firm up, and when you're ready to serve it, you turn it out onto a plate, and it sits there all pretty with that lovely shape. And then you take a jar of strawberry preserves, and you dump it in the middle, and you serve it with triscuits or like. Well, so I was going to say, what do you dip into it? Uh, Probably you, you set like a butter knife or whatever there with, and you so you and a spoon, and you put a little bit of cheese, put a little bit of the cheese ring on a trisket, and then you put a little dollop of strawberry preserves, and then you're just happy. And when I met her, I was like, "How did you come up with that?" And she said, "I was just messing around the kitchen one day." And oh no. <laughs> He's had it, okay? He Sox has had it, and he likes it. Oh, yeah. Kitty cats like uh, cheesy stuff because the, the basis for it is milk, and the cats love milk usually. Yes. And so I think, you know, just because I you know, gushed about because, God, I just stood there hovering. I mean, you like that, don't you? Yes, I do, ma'am. <laughs> it's like, well, you remember the Warner Brothers uh, mice that were takeoff on the Honeymooners and – the one, the one, the one girl mouse says cheese. I simply oh, yeah. adore cheese. <laughs> I love it. That's a line in this house. I'll reach into the fridge and pull out 
And then Ned will look at me and go, cheese. I simply adore cheese. I've tr- Somebody I know will not eat cheese because they don't like the idea of solid milk product. Now, who is it that, that, that will, will not touch it? That better not be a member of the Horn Family Community Congregation. No, it's somebody. It can't from, be. It's somebody from some years ago, and for some reason I just can't remember. Well, why would I want to remember anybody who can't like, who doesn't appreciate fromage? I mean, come on. Bring forth the fromage de la belle France. Oh, the cat's <laughs> eating it. See, the cat's eating it. <laughs> for those who don't know what that is. That's cheese shop. The cheese shop. Winsleydale. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> That's my name, Mr. Winsleydale. Shut that bloody bazooki off. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, so un- that is so lacking in context. Oh, it is. But, well, we were talking about cheese. No, there's a Monty Python bit called The Cheese Shop. And I forget who's in it. But it's, what a it's, senseless waste of human life. <laughs> yes, I'm about out there. I'm afraid I'm going to have to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor long-suffering John Cleese, who turned out to be a right-wing. Yeah, never mind. Or maybe he's, I... m- maybe he's just cranky now. Well, yeah. Uh, but I have some those... thank yous to send out. Thank you so much to Theo in Oregon, and thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. We're now only ten dollars away from being finished with Ralph's challenge, and then we will get busy on uh, on on Matt's electricity ain't free challenge, which is a big deal. Both are very big deals. Uh, Randy Radar reminds us a lot of cats are lactose intolerant and don't know it, but their owners sure do. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. And with a hairball reference, Rick's snack is officially done. Sorry, Rick. Bet he's got cheese on his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your, what did you have a fit? Fa- let me ask you this while we're on the topic of cheeses. Yes, of course. Is, is Hickory Farms still a thing? Do they have only any cr- uh, Well, I mean, maybe they've got an online presence, but I, they, they do pop-ups in malls now at Christmas, and they don't have half the inventory they once had. Mostly they tra- mostly they uh, traffic in, in, in summer sausages Yeah, and sticks. cheese spreads. Uh, see, now I want the real deal. Right, same. When I was a kid, we would travel to Huntsville, Alabama, to the really big good mall that had a uh, that had a Hickory Farms in it, and there was cheese from everywhere. Oh yeah, and they would give you little slices of it. Oh, you could you to, could stand to, in there and have dinner. It. Oh yeah, but I and they didn't I care. It's like, would it be too much to ask? Oh come on, please, that's my job. Did you ever have the beef jerky from Hickory Farms? God yes, and the beef stick, yeah. the summer sausage. Oh yes. Oh dear, now I'm getting hungry. Now I'm getting hungry. But I don't know if they still do, but you know who has a great summer sausage? Or did? I don't know. Have you ever heard of Schwann's? Oh, is that the delivery thing? Yeah, the big yellow truck, freezer truck, yes. drives around. Yeah. I haven't I seen it. I think we have it out here, but no, I the, well, we, I see one I see one every now and then, but they don't just like go door to door hustling product anymore like they used to. You've got to like contact them and yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they, their summer sausage is amazing, or was. And they used to have these little sourdough, frozen sourdough rolls that you just popped in the oven, and they were like fra- flaky as hell, and it was like you were sitting in a 
French brasserie. We 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 have actually stepped over that line and gone full on food porn. Didn't mean to. It all started with a cheese ring, and Miss well, Roseland. Sure it sure did. But uh, no, I was what I was saying was I'm I'm just really. I saw him in Alexandria in '76. He had come to uh, my fair city uh, when he was still campaigning. And there was quite the turnout for it. And I have a picture somewhere from the place I was standing. And it was, a, remember the inst- Instamatic camera? Lord, yes. So, so you don't get much in the way. It, it does, you, you can't do a close-up because the lens is not adjustable. But he was up there talking about something. and uh, Probably about I mean, wanting to be president or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know what he... What his, I guess his uh, thing, his basic campaign and approach had to do with after Watergate and the pardon and everything, uh, bringing integrity back. Well, that didn't last long. He did his four years, and then we got Reagan, and that's when the shit really started uh, hitting the uh, fan. That's what I meant when I mentioned the fact that, you know, from from Nixon's skullduggery to Reagan's, it's only 12 years. And from thinking we had taken care of corruption in American government to Reagan is five? Well, and it's a trap that we can easily or have, maybe even some places have fallen into now because just because Trump is out and Biden is in and we have control of the Congress – don't uh, start celebrating quite yet, because you know how the elections are. Every two, four, or six years, it could change, and it could change for the worse. And you were saying the other day that 24 is going to be— 24 is going... a freaking nightmare year for Democrats, oh, Jesus. especially I... in the Senate. And I know that there are some people that say, well, yeah, occasionally they've got to be put back in charge because that gives an an opportunity to fuck up, which means that they're out of there sooner. Well, they don't want to be out of there anymore. They want to get in there and stay in there. And therein lies the problem. I mean, isn't that on the fashion? Well, and one one thing to bear in mind is we're a little screwed right now. As a result of John Fetterman, let me not interrupt, say it. We're all screwed, Robin. There, exactly. Because remember, Senator Fetterman's kind of out of commission right now. So we're back to basically 50-50. Yeah. uh, Two of those are cinema and mansion. Oh, dear. So I, I presume that Vice President Harris is on call again. And I hope that we keep the uh, – I, I mean, I, I liked her. It, she was a little too conservative for me compared to the other Democrats who ran in, uh, in uh, 2020 or 20 uh, – what, what year is this now? 2020? The, 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 when, when when Biden was elected in 2020, uh, 
but I mean, compared to a Republican, I mean, even the most conservative or or partially moderate uh, Democrat would be better than any Republican you can name. Well, sure. The other day and, was, and you know, one of the talking points about uh, Vice President Harris is that Biden's ignoring her. She's not a very effective vice president. Well, you know what? When you're on call for this to be to preside over the Senate of the United States 24/7 or whatever, it's hard to have a publicly visible face. It's hard to go out there and help the president advance his agenda because the president's agenda is at hazard in a 50/50 Senate. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody ever thinks about that, but I'm the weirdo who does. Well, I, like I say, I, I, if push came to shove, if she had been the nominee up against Trump, I would have voted for her just because, I, you know, the, that other way lies madness and lies and lies and lies on top of it. Oh, and a reminder from Matt in San Francisco. We're even more screwed. Matt says, don't forget Bob Casey. He's out due to prostate issues. Oh, uh, Senator Casey? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's, we, it was bad enough with all, it was bad enough with the starters healthy. Now we had the story last week that Teaster and Manchin are kind of, yeah, I don't know. And that's, and, and. Tester, you mean? Teaster. His, his name is pronounced Teaster. Oh, I thought it was Tester. No, Teaster. At least that's what he told me. Well, I'm not going to argue. But <laughs> so you got that. You got Fetterman out. I mean, Fetterman's – we don't have to worry about Fetterman in 24. Bob Casey we do have to worry about in 24. And, you know, does Dr. Oz has, has, has – he, has he not had enough? Does he want, uh, a, does he want I, another – does he want another bite of the crudite? You know, I wondered. The, ring the bell. That's Cal Bellworth. Thank you. That's very generous. <laughs> Thank you. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm throwing beads off the float as it passes by. Oh, that's tomorrow. You know, I mean, it's Is been it? going on for a week, but yeah, tomorrow's Mardi Gras. Is it for real? Really and for true. I don't. Maybe because I don't follow the liturgical calendar anymore, I lost track of. Because Lent seems to come early some years, and it has something to do with the moon or the 28-day cycle of lunar, uh, I don't know. But, but Don't get me started on Well, Lent is tied to Easter, and Easter is determined on a formula that involves a magic eight ball and a Ouija board, <laughs> just like bra sizes. And your lucky dice, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, your lucky dice. Mother McCree's lucky dice. And depending on which flavor of Christian you are, you will slaughter infidels over when you celebrate Easter. Because, you know, that's one of those things where the, the, the mother church, when it split up, is like, oh, no, we can't, you know, marginal trailer queen language. <laughs> we need a national divorce. We need a, we need a, we need a religious divorce. Uh, because they can't, uh, the Orthodox and the, and the, and the Catholics can't decide when to celebrate Christmas and Easter. They can't land on one. 
Orthodox Christmas is like January 5th or something. Because they're, they, because they're using different calendars. Well, and they also do it to, to, when they're doing their Christmas shopping. It's during the after Christmas sale from the other Christ, Christmas. And the bargains. I mean, you talk about price to move, boys and girls. I, anyway. And all the remotes. Oh, there's a lot going on down here for the big Orthodox Christmas sale. <laughs> And the Catholics, the Catholics, and the Protestants paid retail by a chance to win one of them hats that the big uh, Paraclete. What do they call that guy? That the head of the Greek, the Greek, yeah, the Greek, the Greek uh, Orthodox. Are you Church, talking about the Patriarch? The Paraclete, or no? What am I thinking? Patriarch. Oh, patriarch. Well, what's paraclete? That's a religious term, isn't it? Well, it's it's a it's a it's it's a it's a pair of football shoes that, that that's it's no, no, like no, no, it's no. like half cleat. It's like you know they're not real cleats. <laughs> they're paracletes. <laughs> no, a paraclete's a little blue bird. Sometimes they're yellow, or sometimes they're uh, white. Green, green. They can be green or green. Yes, and they they sit in the cage and they just. We have a paraclete in this house, and <laughs> it just shit everywhere. His, his name is Sonic. <laughs> And, Sonic. Yeah, like and he and he, and he yeah yeah uh, Sonic no like Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Because my granddaughter named him. And he needs a friend. So, Hedgehog like uh, Ron Jeremy, I mean. No. <laughs> See, this is th th this is what I said earlier. This is what separates the boomers from the Gen Xers. I make a very obvious video game reference, and it's totally raw. <laughs> it's totally lost on the boomer. Yeah. Well. Hey, but we we give the boomers credit for something. I don't know what, but give, give us credit for something. I, we made America safe for. Uh, um, well, I mean, you'd, for you for slackers. Y'all did make acid very popular. <laughs> Ooh, don't get me started on acid, man. At I, least uh, not on the show. No, yeah, that's there's nothing more useful. Purple and big. <laughs> and why is it wearing paisley? And it's throbbing. It's throbbing. And it's the walls are breathing, damn it. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? I'd be afraid to even lick the Timothy Leary uh, postage stamp. You know, you, you never come back. To... Oh, God, no. I just. Oh, I was trying to stay on a serious subject, and we just pre-associated our way. Well, that's our job. Uh, Randy Radar, by the way, uh, is serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Easter uh, Research Department. Non-Orthodox Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Now, who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> Are you kidding me? They have, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. They have fought wars over this foolishness. But now, how much of this is a carryover from the from the like pagan traditions? Because you know that they superimpose. Interesting. You should mention pagans because subject line. I mean, this came in contemporaneously. This was not yeah. planned. This is how the Horn Family Community Congregation works. It's the mind. Subject: the, the hive mind of the Horn. Yes. Yeah. Subject line, Ask a Pagan. Hi, Robin and Scott, Theo says. Easter falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Us pinnacle wearers, ironically, tend to know this better than the Christian calendar editors. So, 
didn't they sort of superimpose the the Christian because they wanted to take advantage of the holidays. You're making me do religious stuff on a Monday, Scott, and you have no idea how many people that pisses off. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> are they, are no. they gathering stones as we speak? But, well, I mean, but, but remember, the, you know, the OG Easter, you know, the getting, Jesus getting up and going walking about and no longer able to eat M&Ms because they fall through the holes in his hands Easter. That's right. That all took place during Passover. And there are very specific rules because Judaism is totally rule-oriented on when Passover happens. And three, two, one, I'll get an email from Lee in New York, who's our, 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 our official Judaica correspondent. Hi, Lee. And somewhere along the way, some some pissed off bishop decided he didn't like it, and the rules didn't apply to him. And the next thing you know, the streets were running with the uh, blood as high as the fetlocks of horses. Yeah, because the Bible's full. And the streets shall run with blood, and their eyes shall rot out, and their heads and their tongues shall. Yeah, sure. But yeah, uh, hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're when you're talking about any theology of that sort, Judeo-Christian, the angel of death can't catch a break. I mean, I always loved it. I, I, I love best when when you know when Johnny Cash did it. And behold, a pale horse, and hell rode with him, and death was his name. You know all that Revelation stuff. Yes. I uh, I don't even want to think about that. No, I remember that's... thinking about that one time when we were doing we, we were shooting video at a mountaintop removal site, and there was all this white dust, and it's like, yeah, and behold, and behold a and behold a pale dump truck, and its name yeah. was Death, and hell rode with it. Well, what what is that big valley? Uh, and don't bring Barbara Stanwyck into it, Scott, because we'll never get away from it. But. What uh, what was what is that big hey? valley? <laughs> what is that big valley where the where the where the Super Bowl of of, of biblical proportions is going to take place? Ah, Harmageddo. Uh, uh, har- who what? Harmageddo. <laughs> that's the original. That's that's the original. Harmageddo. Uh, har har har. Yeah yeah. Hardy har har. <laughs> Har, Megiddo, no Armageddon. Okay, well, but it's there's a name of the valley. Is that is the valley called that? Megiddo, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Cause Har Megiddo is the 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 hill of Megiddo. Megiddo is just the valley. Yeah. Okay. So the the reason I'm relying on the, you and the Horn family is my Hal Lindsey late great Planet Earth book is propping up one of the legs of the table I understand. in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> At well, least it it's come. finally doing something useful. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You and the princes of Gog and Magog. If you only <laughs> knew the hours, no, my blessed grandmother sitting there, by the time her mind was gone, her mind was gone, but she could, she could, she could rip out a Bible verse at, at, a, at a hard look, and and she crocheted. 
she crocheted till the end of her days. Oh. Um, and, and they'd say, and, and and it somehow brought her peace to have the PTL club on. Oh dear, sweet merciful Jesus! And she and my mother would sit there watching the PTL club, and I would, and and, and I would be watching it because either it was summer or maybe I was home from school sick or something, and you know if if any. There is nothing like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker talking to Hal Lindsey to make you wish you were not sick and could be <laughs> at school being yelled at for chewing gum. And they're in debt. They, they're they're dead serious when they're doing it. Oh, because they know that the poor, uh, you know, the, the folks out there. Oh, they're the selling poor. it. They're selling it. Oh, yeah. selling it big time. I met Hal Lindsey, of all people. And somewhere around here, I've got an autographed copy of one of his books. Somewhere around here is my living Bible with the uh, with Ebb's autograph in it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Please, <laughs> people will think this is a repeat. Stop it. No, it's not a repeat. This is. By the way, no... uh, Easter Ostara Theo says more pagan stuff, and yeah, Scott's right about the Christian holidays being superimposed on pagan days of observances. Our crowd kvetches. We're ecumenical that way. About these cultural pilf- pilferages endlessly. <laughs> it was our holiday. They stole it from us. They, 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 they veneered some Jesus onto it. It was, well, I mean, you know, look, Saturnalia, Christmas, Valentine's Day. That was, and basically every saint, every saint day, is overlaid some sort of pagan holiday somewhere. Because, well, it was a great way for a, an upstart church to get a get a hook into the hide of the populace. No, 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 you can still have your holidays. We're just going to name it after this saint, and don't fuck. Yeah, certainly not on the high holy uh, thing. But... And meanwhile, that part comes with a nudge and a wink because the whole the, because the whole scam was predicated on lots of on what lots of thing, yeah. Oh, the the begetting uh, business. Yeah, I mean, they 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 basically. Who do you think the tobacco industry copied? You got to get the next generation of smokers. Just got like you got to get the next generation of Christians. Well, but but isn't it a sign of of progress that the generations are not? I mean, the younger generation. What? Let's see, we had the boomers and then Gen X. Is that the next one? Mm-hmm. And what comes after Gen X? I think that's when the millennials show up. Okay, well, what I'm saying is it seems like... Uh, and like uh, some of the young people I saw today are actually alphas. But they're not buying into it. It's uh, it's like the, the cycle has been interrupted. Somebody has shoved a stick into the spokes. I'm not saying universally. I'm just saying that apparently they were the the younger people today are, are smart enough to look at at what that got us and and how much. Well, one hopes, in- but that's see we're ba- okay now we're back to the Jesus Jesus he gets us Jesus yeah, you got me uh, Jesus look at the time uh, but that's the purpose of these ads. These gospel shops know that their brand is trash, 
and frankly, they know who trashed them. They did all by themselves. They're trying to relevant it up. No, they're they're, they're trying to rehabilitate the brand. Yeah, but because after order- four, after five years of Nitwit Nero and these two years of barking evangelicals and the rise of Christian fascism, they've got a problem. And you know the the late great Bob Lottie uttered a phrase one evening on this program that has stayed with me, yea, verily, unto this day. And that is, most new Christians practice their Christianity with a rosary in one hand and a dead chicken in the other. (laughs) But that's not enough anymore. And they're losing... And, and, you know, and that's great, but the people with a rosary in one hand and a dead chicken in the other, the one thing they don't have is a pot to piss in. They need the people with the money. Yeah. And the people with the money are the ones who are falling away. Otherwise known as the rubes. And that's not good for the rise of your Christian nationalist fascism. But the game's not not anywhere near over. I mean, whenever their power and their influence and their you know their their wealth is being challenged in any way, or even argued with, even spoken against, they dig in and they hang on, and they fight more fiercely. Right. Soon. That's that's why all this is just a it's a facade. It's. Lipstick on a pig. And thank you so much, uh, Cynthia, out in the Bay Area. Thank you, Cynthia. Cynthia. Cynthia? Jesus, Robin. <laughs> thank you. Time. this coffee. <laughs> thank you, Cynthia, in the Bay Area. That's a huge help. Tremendous help. That finishes Ralph's challenge. And gets us $15 into uh, Matt's Electricity Ain't Free tripling uh, challenge. So what that means is that we've got $85 to go on Matt's challenge. And we've got a little over a half hour to get there. And the the sum total of all of that would be to bring us down from uh, uh, 1400 to 1000 No, 900 Sorry. Because we got down to... So thank you, and that's big. That's really, really big. Eighty-five dollars to go, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. I'll take that. I'll send it to the fi- I'll s- send it personally to the the, the uh, uh, CEO of Appalachian Electric Power. Note, you get it. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus didn't get this. <laughs> Shifting gears just a little tiny bit, yeah. because we kind of talked about him before. By him, I mean uh, uh, Trump. One of the shows that I was watching late last week, or maybe the middle of last, I say watching, listening to, because I can no longer watch my uh, MSNBC or my CNN. I've got to listen to it, because the tier of service for that on my TV. And fuck yeah, them. They, they screwed you. Bastard. 
Yes, they sure. Free at the drive-through. But anyway, I, uh, one of the uh, programs was talking about. Uh, I was this was this my listening or was is this what's actually being said? What I'm about to say. Is there a sense of of imminence in terms of the legal wheels finally beginning to kick into gear with with Trump in these various venues? We keep saying that, and yeah, the, but- the various and sundry pundits keep saying it. I would I would say if there is a, a degree of imminence out there, it's probably happening in the Fulton County DA's office by Fonnie Willis. Tish James, Letitia James in New York, is not far behind. Well, that's a good thing, though, right? That, that they're finally getting it into gear. I, I, I don't think... Well, these, I mean, they, they've been in gear. That's the thing. This is so complex and so convoluted that it's hard to, uh, it, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around... But the, the 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 sheer number of documents that have to be gone over, the number of witnesses who have to be called, then the number of witnesses who have to be compelled. The American legal system is not designed for rapid justice because the framers of the Constitution had this notion that rapid justice often wound up being injustice. The court, ha- the court has to have time to percolate. Didn't they bring in a lot of lawyers from uh, in the Justice Department from other venues? To well, sure, and Jack, Jack Smith is out there uh, working hammer and tongs, and he's up against a ticking clock. Okay, so, here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, an anonymous, uh, an anonymous friend of the program has finished off. Uh, has has finished off Matt's electricity and free challenge, so we are uh, we've actually knocked off like last Tuesday and part of Wednesday, and we've got Thursday, Friday, and today, and so we are somewhere in the neighborhood of nine hundred dollars now. If we can, if we could, if we could raise the, if we could raise that, we'll knock out the damn power bill. And I, I hate, oh God, I hate talking about it. But, but no, in, in, in answer to your question, Jack Smith is working. Tish James is working. Fonnie Willis is working. And, you know, he's got the other, he's got other idiotic lawsuits that he involved himself in. And at some point in time, you know, he's already been hammered for a million bucks in Florida. And he's had to post a bond for it, which I'm sure pissed him off to no end. But the real serious stuff, ultimately, you know, and and this is really a rubber meets the road kind of moment. The real serious stuff, the serious, the, 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 Merrick Garland has no say-so over what happens in the New York Attorney General's office, and he has no say-so over what happens in the Fulton County District Attorney's office. But all three of those groups, the, aid, uh, the, the, the USAG, Fulton County, 
and the state of New York all have the same fundamental horns of a dilemma. And that is this. Which does the greater harm? Indicting a former president or not indicting a former president? I think people like you and me and the Horn Family Community Congregation come down solidly in the not indicting camp. And through the long lens of history, if we could have worked out some criminal justice on Richard Nixon, if, you know, Gerald Ford had not cashed his check, some of this shit might not have gone down. It might have had a deterrent effect. Yeah, well, see, that's just the problem. Uh, There are so many things that have been... Let's we've just let it slip by because we don't be, want to be any further traumatized. But sometimes you need our that long extra, national nightmare is finally over. No, but seriously, sometimes you need that extra trauma for it to, to register and sink in in a widespread enough way so that we, we can going forward, maybe hopefully, uh, you know, avoid some of these things because. We've, we've seen what letting it go has gotten us, which is not much. If, if anything, I don't think it, it re- – there are two things that you can reinforce. You can reinforce the confidence of the majority of people in the stability and reliability of, of, of the system, or you can reinforce it's going to shit, and there's nothing that anybody's willing to do. And the more that they don't do it, the worse it gets. And, and I don't like the worse it gets scenario. No. And somewhere – and the the problem is that it, it, even if we indict him, we're still going to want – we've still got one other sort of Damocles hanging over our heads, namely that you can't indict a sitting president. You know, that Office of Legal Counsel memo from 1975 that was reaffirmed that says the pre- essentially the president is above the law. Well, here's a question here's a question for you legal eagles. What about the prosecution of an already indicted president? Who, there's a new one. Well, and see once the indictment has occurred and has been handed down, has been arrived at, uh, you pick whichever verb you want. Uh that's sort of set in stone, and aren't you compelled to go forward with it, or or is that uncharted territory? The latter. And who gets to decide? I mean, I know the answer on. already. It's the robed. Uh, it's robed, our most I, puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic Majesties. And I wouldn't mind the robes so much, but they're like those early, late 50s, early 60s nuns that I grew up with. With the fuck. Well, remember why they wear the robes? Why? (laughs) Well, there's several schools of thought on that. Uh, They wear the robes because the origins of the Anglo American jurisprudential system are rooted in the church. Oh, you're talking about what judges? Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. By the, by the way, i gotta, I got to clear something up. Darlene wrote a little bit ago, you're confusing me, Robin. You were talking about Rosalind Carter in the past tense, and I had to look her up because I didn't think she's deceased. She's still alive. She's 95 years old, beginning to wonder what's wrong with me and how I missed the memo. 
Don't worry. No, I was talking about her in the past tense because my interactions with her were in the past tense. And, And you know, because (laughs) now you want to talk, you want to talk about pushing up daisies. Turtles records and tapes is pushing up daisies. I think maybe I'm wrong. What did they charge for a single at Turtles back then? A forty-five. They still had forty-five. Right? I don't know if forty-fives even existed. I mean, this is this is this is like nineteen eighty-six. This is the digital age. This is eighty-six. Yeah, they were gone by then. I think so. Oh my! So, because uh, hmm. like I said, I was in there shopping for cassettes and videotapes. Now, did Turtles have? Uh, a section usually roped off and you had to be over 18. No, 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 no. This was a respectable chain. Oh. We're not talking about budget tapes and records in Charleston, West Virginia, that sells cigars and various and sundry forms of clothing and uh, bongs and roach clips and (laughs) papers and and has a roped-off section. But they also sell trashy lingerie and things like that and... (laughs) <laughs> and you know they've survived all the changes in in the and they're still down there and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that this legislature will eventually find a way to criminalize budget tapes and records, you know where all the Republicans go for their bongs. Yes. <laughs> oh man. And you know what? I need to do something. I need to bring on the stress line, whoever it is. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin, and good evening, Scott. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, I've been listening to you now. I'm a little confused there, Robin. What have uh, I done now? I believe the state of... Well, I believe you said the state of Georgia was in the business of kidnapping. Earlier in the program, you said that the state of Georgia was a net taker. Well, where are they taking her? That's what I <laughs> oh, want. Oh, wait know. a minute! Bless your heart, you stayed on hold. You got right to it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I can't wait to tell them that. And for the record, the lawyer staff at Crazy Dave's have told me to inform Billable. That I am not responsible for today's ruining of no, your no, no, that was that that was Scott and me, mostly Scott. Yeah, it usually is. <laughs> but but uh, no, I called you. You said that the young people really inspired you this morning. They did, and I I I think they're not the only ones that are getting it, Robin. A certain beloved elderly lady of my acquaintance and yours uh, was at a uh, Super Bowl party at a bar, and one of her companions was referring to the referees on the screen by the term used for a bundle of sticks to start a bonfire. Oh, lovely. And uh, she... uh, she drew him up short in a way that I thought was beautiful. She said, I've got friends and colleagues in that community, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let you talk badly about them. 
And she goes, I don't know if it did any good. And I told her, I said, Christine, it did plenty good. It's people like you that stand up and say, no, this is wrong. At the time, it said that do make the difference. You know, so. And uh, I I sent a little something along to you uh, uh, while I was on hold to help with the power bill. So, uh, oh, um, I need to... you should be receiving that shortly. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. But, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I am sorry to hear about President Carter. Um, whether you agreed with his methods or not, uh, whether you agreed with him lusting in his heart, or whatever else, um, I can't say that the man has been a bad person or not been a uh, a role model to other former presidents about what they can do with their post-presidential lives. Now, some former presidents won't pay any attention to that. We won't mention names. Uh have rumph, but uh, I think you know it's it's sad that he's going. Man, has he had a run? I mean, if there's a man who ever deserved, and I believe he has received the peace prize, it would be yes, he did. Jimmy Carter. He got it for because bringing Begin all... and Sadat together. And and he's continued that work through the Carter Center through election monitoring, which, by the way, I would love to see the Carter Center monitor US ele- the U.S. election and then have Nitwit Nero say, maybe we don't set up because if anybody in the United States knows how to do it, it's the Carter Center. Well, you know, he has been hanging out in the blind, and he's been raiding my liquor cabinet. I did get my 445th, but he's been going through them, and I don't know. Maybe I'll ask Eric to make him a cup of coffee like he did his mama, you know. We'll put it at the bottom of, my, uh, of the steps there. and Well, you know, Nitwit Nero doesn't like stairwells or stairways. So, um, but he, uh, and then the reason I do that so well is um, I, my hook is that he's a toddler in a man's body. And it'd be like, um, I, I, I muddle the voice a little bit. It'd be more like, Big Rabbit, this is all wrong. You know, and just kind of whiny and, and bitchy. And I, I got that clue from... Uh, a man who's now facing criminal charges. Uh, 
you know, this is what happens when you don't make absolutely fucking sure that the gun you're using on a set is safe. Uh, there, okay. Alec Baldwin once said that he always approached him as a guy who was just pissed off at the world. And that's how he, that was his hook into it. Your hook is... Dave, I think that, do you remember the cartoon uh, character, do you remember the cartoon character, animated cartoon character, Baby Huey? Oh, absolutely. You uh, mean uh, the, 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 the duck whose mama ended up spoiling and rotten? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I think there is a, a an element of, a, a dollop of uh, Baby Huey in, in Trump. That's, I've always thought that. Sort of, sort well, of you know, they, they they did have the baby Trump flying over over various protests. I thought the Air Force shot that, and down. he got so pissed off at that. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, remember the helium filled balloon? Yeah. The 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 baby Trump. Evidently, that made Nitwit Nero furious. He was very disrespectful. I'll defer to his expertise on being disrespectful. I, I can't challenge him on his skills as being a disrespectful piece of shit. But we need to start calling these Nazis out for who they are. And as for indicting hell, not only should you indict, you should move forward to the prosecution. Because the indictment is simply advising a prosecutor that, yeah, you have the grounds to to go forward. That's all it is. Well, I don't it's, know it's, why it's, Georgia... It's actually an evidentiary finding of a certain level of proof. That it is more than likely than not that a crime was committed, and it's more than likely than not that the person being discussed is the person who committed the crime. But I don't understand why Georgia made um, Fonnie Willis go through the, the the special grand jury when it seems like. That was an unnecessary step. She had to get... They could have gone to a regular... But grand juries only meet periodically, and there was an urgency to it, so she had to get leave of the court to impanel the grand jury, which gave the court supervisory authority. And normally the court would just simply make a call as to whether something was... Within bounds on uh, something like that. I get that. Um, but it seems like they, they've handled this pretty well. Anytime I've noticed anytime that a, a target of a grand jury gets squirrely, that's when they start messing up. Um, you know, and Nit Whitnero couldn't keep his mouth shut to save his ass. His lawyer may look over at him and say, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, it's better if you shut the fuck up. 
but he would be like, but I need them to understand. No, you need to shut the fuck up. I mean, I'm sure many law school debts would be paid if, uh, if, if lawyers got extra bonus money for giving that simple advice to their clients over the years, if they got, you know, five or ten bucks every time they told somebody, shut the fuck up, this is in your best interest, um, then, you know, law school debt would be paid for. Uh, but we need, uh, as far as as uh, not conservatives, uh, you know, progressives, Democrats. We need to hold these people's feet to the fire. And I love the fact that even though they're in the minority on some of these ginned up subcommittees, they're making their point by, oh, let's say, bringing Jim Shorts Jordan up short or any other number of maggots. Um, I, I think uh, the idea of bringing uh, the former members of, of the Ohio State wrestling team uh, to sit front and center during the public portions of the hearings would be brilliant. But those young men have been through enough. If they want to, they should. If not, people should leave them alone. Um, I think that um, we're finally learning, hopefully, to stop playing patty cake with Nazis. You know. Stop changing their diapers and start charging them. I got to tell you a story. I told you that the kids inspired me earlier today. Yes, ma'am, you did. I have to reach into the uh, pocket of my trench coat here. Uh, A young one walked up to me today. And handed me a handmade e-zine. A handmade what? E-zine or a zine. It's it's it is literally okay. a, it is literally a handcrafted track. This young person couldn't have been more than maybe tenth grade, eleventh. Oh wow. It is nine pages long. I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm wrong. It is 15 small pages uh, long. On the back here is a little, a little hand drawing of a raccoon holding a can of beer, and it says, A Porch Beer's Press Production. The title of it is Sadness or Euphoria, Billy Joel, Queer Joy, and Taking Down Fascism. Like I said, couldn't, be, couldn't have been more than 11th grade. And just okay. walked and just and just walked up to the old lady and said, "Could I give you a copy of my zine about taking down fascism?" And I said, "You absolutely can, and I can't wait to get home and read it because I hate fascism." 
And they looked at me and said, I do too. Fuck fascism. And I said, fuck fascism. And we both just beamed. It's like, oh, all these, all these, these, these poor little Republican assholes have no idea what the generation, what this generation coming up has in store for them. Yeah. Right. I mean, hell, the, the the older the older members of that generation are getting into the Congress now. The Republicans ought to start getting a clue in about oh four to six years, when more of these young people come forward, more and you get these younger people in there, and I'm not. I want you to hear. What, they I want, seem to be a lot, a lot, want you, a lot more assertive about their rights than, than people of our generation were. I want you. I want you to hear and what we the, were I, I want you to hear what this young man wrote. Okay. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And I'm going to mention something because something that I wrote got some rather public notice a little bit ago. Uh, when one of the bills came out, and I put at the bottom, the motto of this state is Montani Semper Liberi. Maybe they added an asterisk, and so I put the asterisk there, and then at the bottom I put the the asterisk, just like it appears at the bottom of the page, except trans. You never know who you're going to touch. Hi. Yeah. It says, hi, my name is Elliot. And I'm a trans man living in Huntington, West Virginia. This zine is an excerpt from Porch Beers, Issue 5, and has been created specifically for the Fairness for All Lobby Day 2023. Why didn't I have him sign this? The current West Virginia legislative session has several bills that would severely negatively alter the lives of trans folks in West Virginia. I'm not sure if this will help. Hell, I'm not sure if anything will help some days. But West Virginia is my home, and you're going to have to throw me out kicking and screaming. If this makes you rethink your views on trans folks, come talk to me. If this makes you mad, stay mad. Montani Semper Liberi doesn't have an asterisk. How about that? Oh, my God. As the Department of Homeland Security handed down a statement saying my loved ones and I were the targets of domestic terrorism after some goobers in North Carolina cut power to 40,000 to prevent a drag show, a Billy Joel ran through my head. Oh, my God, this is an 11th grade guy that had knows Billy Joel lyrics. Help me. They say that these are not the best of times, but they are, they're the only times I've ever known. I wish I'd never lamented in the past that Gen Z had it easy because they'd never known the hard times queer millennials had, as now they're getting them in spades. If I had to do it over again, I'd have a million shitty comedy duos like Bill and Ted call each other faggot casually, as opposed to armed insurrectionists blocking brunch because I dared to breathe too noticeably in public. Oh, this kid. Oh, this boy. This young man. Oh, I'm, so, I'm busting with pride. I gotta find Elliot. It's not the first time in human history by far, but then again, maybe that's the sad part. It's not that we learn nothing as a whole. It's that a third of us learn nothing while another third learned exactly all the wrong and scary things. I'm reminded of a passage in Luke about stones crying out. This was bantered about a lot in Reagan's 80s as a warning that communists were going to mass exterminate the Christians a la the hilarious exploitation flick if footmen tire you, what will horses do? 
It's a cosplay apocalypse that evangelicalism had us prepare for every day, but when the shit actually hits the fan, they don't see the truth or the irony because it's for the unclean other. Holy cow. Oh, Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. You're amazing, Elliot. Um, oh, is there is there a website or no 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 no, that, no that, I mean this is this is this is seriously punk okay I mean this is stapled this is printed and stapled together and I got to put it somewhere precious. Oh, this, this is old sixty style. This is uh, this is some beautiful. This yeah, this is subversion. Content. Yeah, this is subversion. From the way you describe it, from the way you describe it, if you ever run into this young man, tell him you still got a copy of the last thing he gave you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Scott. This reminds me of the old. Oh, let Scott jump in. No, no. It. it, I am. It reminds me of like four eight and a half by eleven pages folded over. To give you what, sixteen pages? Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Is it printed or or handwritten? No, it's printed. It's printed in grayscale. And there's no like website or or contact? no. Because well, wait, no, uh, there it is. There somebody... it is. No, there it is. There it is. Uh, you can find me at porchbeerszine dot card with two r's dot co. I've got to send this young man a message. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that type of yeah, engagement, you do. That type of engagement needs encouraging. I mean, he, he, you he need gets to let it. him know that, that it's gone out all over the world. He gets it. Get check this paragraph. But you can do something, especially you who are white, cis, straight, and privileged. Even simply saying this isn't normal and it wasn't always like this can do wonders. Throwing rocks and mooning their gods can too, and you can take that as metaphorical as you want. If you ever daydreamed about how you'd take down the Capitol or the Empire or the White Witch, or I refuse the re- to reference the Joseph Campbell for Dummies book written by a turf, you're about ten minutes late to the party, but there's still some hors d'oeuvres left. Holy shit! Oh, oh my god! I think, uh... Oh my god! Elliot needs to be on the show as a guest one day. I think you're right. I was just thinking exactly that thing. I got to get Elliot on the show. No doubt. This is this is very. This this is the thing I wondered if we'd ever see again, and maybe I've just been out of the loop or something. But if you if you're making noise and bringing it. In the face of, and he's bringing madness. it. Holy crap, he's bringing it. Oh man, this, I, this is. I, I mean, I want to. It's like going back fifty years to the way it was in the sixties, and I know I'm stuck there, according to some. But this is the thing I've been hoping that would happen in, in the face of this madness, this ongoing madness, that finally. People of that generation would would recognize it and say, "Enough, fuck this shit." You know, God damn, this reassures me and makes me a happy camper. Doesn't it just? I mean, it, it because that's the type of energy that needs to be widespread. 
it needs the conversation. It needs this is a conversation when it comes all right down to it. Not what we're doing now, which it is a conversation, but it's heartening to know that where you are, Robin, in your state, that uh, the idea that, of they will run me out of here kicking and screaming. Yeah. Well, th- I mean that. Good God, that's that's exciting. That I mean, hope is a dangerous thing. I think they said in uh, Shawshank Redemption. But sometimes hope is there to 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 move you forward. And if if Elliot is just the tip of the old iceberg, then I'm I'm a happy camper. I mean, this 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 young this young man is thinking about the future. Get I mean. I don't want to just read the whole thing. Yeah, I'll give the website again. But if you're reading this, you're probably in a group of people that doesn't have a bright outlook on the future right now. Don't let these assholes. Hold on, Dave. If you're if you're reading if you're reading this, you're probably in a group of people that doesn't have a bright outlook on the future right now. Don't let these assholes rob you of your joy. Be out there. Be fierce. Be proud. And be you. Some self-defense items and martial arts training couldn't make you worse for the wear, but don't let them erase our history and turn us into ghosts. Wow. Oh, God, boy. And then looks into the future. Times like these make me wonder what my own legacy is going to be. I hope it was to inspire joy, even when I wasn't feeling it all the time throughout my life. Some of the best moments of my life were hearing that I inspired someone to come out or transition. Giving someone the gift of true joy makes the hard times worth it, at least some days. And if you were able to weave your way through my misfiring brain chemicals, pat yourself on the back. (sighs) Yeah, I'm getting L. Yeah, I'm getting him on the show. And again, um, uh, Porch Beers Zine. P-O-R-C-H-B-E-E-R-S-Z-I-N-E dot C-A-R-R-D dot co. Not com, dot co. Porch Beers Press. Porch Beers Press dot co. No, dot card. All right. Dot card. Porchbeerspress dot C A R R D dot co. I am going to write him as soon as the program's over. And then get some sleep, girl. You sound tired. Oh, I'm a little. I'll be okay. But I want to share a couple other notes because we're coming up on time. Thank you, uh, everybody who jumped in to meet the two challenges. Thank you so much. So we're down to uh, we're down to nine. Tomorrow we'll be at twelve. But we got a couple of days to come up with enough to pay with pay the power bill, which is extraordinarily expensive. And I hate it. Uh, as to Jimmy Carter, Matt says he's a class act. He lived his di- life with such grace. Even in his acceptance of inevitable death, he has demonstrated that grace and opened that grace and opened the door for people to have a conversation about death and dying. Something this country doesn't really talk that much about. His relationship with Rosalind is another example of how to move through the world with honor and respect along with your partner. His frankness regarding America being an oligarchy over the last few years is is rare in a person of his stature. 
just a class act all the way around. I hope his hospice care is optimal and he passes in the way he desires. Hear, hear, Matt. Hear, hear. And yeah, the, the oligarchy remark I think was 2015. And he didn't stutter and he did, and he did mean it. Uh, a couple of things to mention. I mean, uh, 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 Theo writes, Elliot's discovered the fanzine. This youngster is working very much in the form of sci-fi fantasy fanzines, which could be discursive and brilliantly topical. I've long been tied into the community who created and encouraged the form, and I've written for friends' zines. I'm so overjoyed that a bright youngin is using the form to address topical, urgent matters. I say yes. And then this on the way out. Uh, there have been reports earlier today. Uh, George lets me know. Uh, and reminds me, Kevers McCarthy, dirty little bastard, McCarthyism, remember we talked about referring to him as McCarthyism, I think we mean to make that stick, Uh, if y'all are are paying attention over to MSNBC, you know, you know where the royalty check goes, I'm just kidding, there's no royalty check, Um, Kevers McCarthy has turned over thousands of hours of security video from January 6th to Fox News. And not just to Fox News generally, but specifically to testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson. I guess now they're going to find the real Antifa and all those white-faced Black Lives Matter outside agitator. I meant that to be singular. He was just everywhere. Well... I, I, I would have I have enough disrespect for them now, but I'd have even less disrespect for them if they were actually honest about their intention. If they're going to be, if they're going to couch it in racist language, they ought to just come out as, as flat out racist and let the chips fall where they may. Frankly. They're going to have to drag me out of out of the blind, uh, and they'd better bring friends if they think I'm going to stop commenting or stop shining a light on them. And it's people like Elliot who keep me going on things like that. Kevin McCarthy is nothing but a clown, a well-paid. Mama's boy who just cannot abide someone telling him no. Well, America, I think it's about time that uh, our representatives in the House bring up a motion at least once a week to remove him as speaker. Why not at this point? Yeah. Huh? Why not at this point? Well, I'm saying we do it at least once a week. I mean, he's using the power of the office for nothing but base political bullshit. And if it only takes one member, I'm going to call Andre Carson's office and ask him to do it. Why the hell not? I mean, really, I I said that. Why not? 
that, that ought to get the maggots all upset because, uh, as you know, they don't believe that uh, Mr. Carson and a couple of other members are actually members because they took their oath on a Quran owned by Thomas Jefferson. Um, I am so proud of him because he was the first Democratic politician to call Nitwit Nero out on his anti-Islamic bullshit. And that wasn't merely because he thought it was wrong. He was under attack. He's been a practicing Muslim for years. And he is one of the most decent human beings I've ever met. And his grandmother, when she was in the Congress, made sure that Rosa Parks was uh, noted uh, by putting her forward for the Congressional Gold Medal, which she received. Because uh, Julia Carson couldn't believe that she hadn't been honored by the Congress before then. So he comes from a very deep political family, and uh, he'll be in Congress as long as he wants to be. He's one of those uh, Congress people. But they they should be calling out at least once a week for for uh, Kevin McCarthy's removal, and I believe the rules would still stay in place for the following uh, for the following speaker. So every time those bastards fuck up, Democrats, and if we can get a couple of disaffected Republicans. Fine. But they want to play the chaos game? Let's play. We have more than enough talent on our side to do it. Hell, it's not going to be anything but them doing what they want to do, so let's put a limit on it. I think I think there's an argument to be, I think there's an argument to be made in favor of that, but right now I'm guessing that the way they want to play this is to be the normal grown-up party. We can disagree with it if we want to, but so far they're doing a pretty good job of sticking together and everybody voting as one and nobody crossing over, making them do everything by themselves and being stupid by themselves. I... Wish a certain member of the Democratic uh, contingent in the West Virginia House of Delegates had been able to figure that out, but well, you know, wish in one well, hand, right? It's it's a good thing though that you know our side is unified in putting forth a rational, reality-based alternative. Yes, because the more you do that, the more ridiculous it makes the other side look. And they don't need our help at looking ridiculous, but it's good to remind them. No, they pretty much got that nailed down. But oh God! Yeah, but the but thing I mean, is, it, it, but 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 they 
you know, the more normal the person you... Normal, sitting on a dryer. The more ordinary the person you stand next to the clown, the more clownish the clown looks. Yeah, and it, it's it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, to, to sort of misquote or, or creatively quote uh, Clarence the Angel from It's a Wonderful Life to George Bailey, every time a, a bell rings, a, a, a Republican looks the fool, you know? So I, Every uh, time a Republican looks like a fool, a Democrat is created. <laughs> I would like, so, I, yeah, I would like that. Well, listen, uh, y'all, I gotta go. We are past time, but it's right. been it's been a delightful conversation all the way around. We had lots of more ends to get through the to get us started uh, on the day. And well, and I'm inspired. Well, this evening has been inspiring. Robin, and as a certain as, as a certain faux southern lady once said, tomorrow is another day. Well, you know, she was really a British actress. So. I know that. Yes. Fiddle <laughs> dee. And then she well, and that's the thing. Later on she would also say, I've always been de- I've always depended upon the kindness of strangers. Streetcar. Yeah, yes. that didn't what? work so well when I was a kid. They kept telling us to stay away from them. Yeah, well, yeah. All right. We'll catch you right. guys later. Y'all be good. Scott. Good night, good night hey. Dave. Good night, Robin. Good night, Horn people. Take care. Bye. And so that's Moran Monday, and I told you there were going to be a lot of Morans. Thanks so much for joining in the program, if you are listening live. Thanks to everybody who is helping us try to stay on the air. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Hopefully we'll make it. Then we'll move on to the next crisis. Because they're all crises. Because that's, unfortunately, the model. Uh, One last time, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Please Leave a comment. Tell your friends and neighbors. There's something awfully special going on here. It has been for a very long time. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so much this evening. Thank you uh, to the new folks we've seen kicking in. Thank you so very much. And thank you to old friends who have jumped back in. It means so very much. Thank you. To each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve. And I didn't see if Roger made it in in the chat room. I did see Steve Steve pop in. Um, Glad the the well diggers are out of the yard now, Sparky. You've got to be, got to be, got to be happy. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you. Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Like and subscribe. See, this is what happens when you really get after me. I, I wear it out. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years. I'm not going to put it that way, Asa. Uh, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in, in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. 
please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. We're not out of flu season yet. And there's a nasty-ass storm that's going to, like, roar all the way across the country. It's already happening out west. Stay safe. Um, Lock down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV, especially for our little ones. Wear your masks. Maggot's going to maggot. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer everywhere you go, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And you know, if a bleach, if, if a bleach blonde refugee from Planet Fitness comes towards you down the street saying, we need a national divorce, uh, ignore that toxic woman like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.